how do you, what's the best way or do you have any advice about balancing a full-time job while also trying to build something that you're passionate about? Because for me, I like working these guys and I like doing podcasts, but the full-time job that tends to get in the way a little bit. Sure. <laughs> I think, you know, the the thing is, I think you always need to, like, you, you need to do the full-time job until you you can't it's costing you money on your other project you know what i mean mm -hmm. like when the full-time job is getting in the way of you making you know you're often making money on your project and it's taken away from that and you can afford to pay yourself on the project that's when you know you make that move it's really interesting um brian smith who's in the team wrote this book called the birth of a brand and you know he really talks about how you have to work that full-time you know what i mean you have to have your bills paid you have to have a base because, you know, people jump into these things and then you realize you can't pay your bills and, and then you're really kind of going down a bad rabbit hole because you're not going to be able to do, you know, now you're broke, you have no income and the project's not giving you income. It's some, something that's going to give. Oh, oh God, what's going on? Where am I going? Oh. Dad? Yes, my son. I am Deuce, the dear God. I'm so confused. Who am I? Derek. Your true name is Dercules. Dercules. Wait, what? Yes. You are Dercules, the god of the forest. Season 5. Hosted by your favorite podcast host, Big Bochi. You already know the deal, mother****. What's up? And the double clap signifies the start of an episode. And before we start, everybody, before we start, I have two things I got to get off my chest. First order of business. Hey, everyone. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. And listen, if you by chance get any sort of value from this episode, whether you laugh, you cry, you're entertained, or you learn something, dude, just share it with a friend. And if you don't have friends, you shouldn't be listening to podcasts. Definitely not. But if you do listen to a podcast, you know, friends, listen to this one. Mm -hmm. Also, sidebar, I should not be marketing our event anymore on the 17th. It's totally sold out, but I want to just keep selling, man. We're going to open up one more table. So the first person to hear this, <laughs> we're just going to do it. We have, as you guys will learn today, an incredible, incredible list of companies coming, supporting new startups, brands. GDP Hustle is going to be fat. It's our first real sellout with like time to spare, which is awesome. It means our brand's growing, man. We're doing good stuff. It's awesome. Additionally, before I introduce our guest on the right, who's in the building? It is uh, Jack Bigelow, Golden Deer Productions. Graphic God. And Chris McCormick, live producer. What's your nickname, though? Young Fountain of Youth. That, that's a new nickname. We're yeah. working it out. See if we like it. <laughs> Jackson theme is Bix. And on my right, so as I had mentioned, we have our event on the 17th, GDP Hustle. It was important. I think this was my sales pitch on the phone. It was important to me to allocate all only Boston-based resources for the event. So we have Colleen. I want to make sure I say last name right. Is it Iges? Aegis. Aegis. Close. And I know it's Velo and it's not Velo. It is Velo. <laughs> you are correct. Velo like Jello. Everyone remember that. Say it with me. Bella like Jello. Jello. <laughs> <laughs> and Colleen 
is go- has not launched Velo yet, but within the next month, correct? Coming soon, yes. Hopefully Here, you, you can move in one. like... Okay. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so February 1, we're hoping. We'll, we'll be out and about. We've done a bunch of events around the city. We've had great reception on it, um, and we're really excited to get going. And so before we move on, can you just give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Colleen Aegis. I'm the CEO founder of Velo Vodka. Um, Why does that sound scary to say? This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome right now, It's and it, it will continue to be. So we're really excited about this brand. Um, it's made with mineral water, so kind of giving you a little bit extra while you're drinking. And then we formulated it with what's called um, quantum frequency coding. So it's got a quantum fre- frequency code there on the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, we're going to have to get into that because that, that was is, way over my head. I had no idea what it, it meant. It's pretty cool. It's really cutting edge. And... Um, you know, it's it's designed. It's like you're to, drinking science. It, it's infusing the 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 vodka with positive energy. Well, I had seen it on your on the website. There was like all these like molecules and stuff, and I was like trying to piece it together. Then I was like, wait, I barely passed chemistry, so <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> tough. Um, so when I had done a little bit of LinkedIn research, because that's usually my first place to go to research. This, is this your first like real entrepreneurial startup? You were saying a little bit about the belt beforehand. Um, so this you've is been working first, in banks for a while, right? So I've been in banking for years and it's given me a kind of a great background before that it was uh, pharmaceutical sales. So kind of science banking kind of dry. And, um, about eight, nine years ago, I developed this wrap you wear at home and it freezes your fat off kind of similar to my cool. Uh, it's called my cool slim, similar my cool to slim. my cool slim, my cool slim, my cool slim for all the hot moms. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We want to lose a, a couple of inches here and there. A little muffin top. Yep. Get rid of that. Yep. It's great. And, um, so I've had that, that was my first project. It was kind of my first foray into doing, uh, entrepreneurial projects, learned a ton and it's still out in the market. We're still selling that. Nice. And, uh, so that and you were banking while you were building it. Yep. Always worked kind of two jobs, you know, did, did that give you structure? Like, has that helped, especially when you're launching this too? Like, do you think the side, the first job kind of gives you a structure to help build the second one? Definitely. Definitely. To do a third project now would be, you know, you make you make all your mistakes along the way. And everybody talks about, you know, you kick yourself all the time. You're like, oh, why did I do that? Or, oh, that was not a good decision, etc. And then you t- deal with some people who are like real big time. We have some incredible advisors on our team. One of them founded Constant Contact and the other one founded Ugg Boots. And Whoa. yeah, it's it's super cool to have Is that on Alec? Team. Was Alec Constant? Stern cool. did Constant Contact and Brian Smith was the founder of Ugg. And um it's always great to hear the feedback from them and they're like, oh, you have no idea how many mistakes we made or, you know, so when you read all these books on entrepreneurial, you watch the podcasts, et cetera, and they talk about like, oh, you're going to make the mistakes, going to make mistakes. Well, well, you're making them. They're miserable, but they're terrible. Y- you realize that this is how everybody learns. This is the you know, process. They've made, people who get there have made way more mistakes than they have like good decisions, but they've and, made more decisions. Yes. You have to be decisive. I, I totally think like, it's just a question of kind of just do it. It's like keeping it moving. Yeah, keeping it moving, keep moving forward, keep solving problems. You know, you, you've got to have that forward vision, definitely. So you're doing my cool slim where you like just like sitting at home one day, you're like, damn, I really wish I had a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of just want to keep watching the Patriots. <laughs> well, actually, it's a really great story. So I went to an appointment years ago um, for cool sculpting. 
And I went in and they were like, I'm a single mom, two kids. And I was like, oh, I need some help in my stomach. So I'm like, okay. So I go in and they're like, okay, we'll do your stomach and it's $1,200. And I'm like, again, single mom with two little kids. I can't be spending five, you know, maybe 500 on myself, but 1200 And then they took a pen and they marked me up from here all the way down to the back of my knee. And they're like, you need $8,000 worth of liposuction. Oh. And I was like mortified. I was, like, oh, they like took f- the pen like, this oh, is all fat. Total fat all the way down. And I was like, you walk in like thinking, oh, my stomach's a little chubby. And then you're like, oh, I'm all chubby. Uh, gross. <laughs> this is gross. I need $10,000 worth of work. So I left the office and I was so pissed off. I was uh. just like, kind of like, I'm sure there are, yeah. there are a lot of moms like that, too. My mom is also a single mother, and she was always trying to find some little, like, health tactic to always get rid of her stomach fat. She was obsessive over it. Like, were you big into the diets, too, like a Jenny Craig type? Like, sure, yeah. I've done Jenny Craig. Years Did you like it? My kids were little. Well, it was fascinating. How are you paying $8? to eat a can of tuna about the size of a cat food can. So you did you know, not like, like it. They're really smart people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it worked. But so basically I had been a drug rep and I, I thought, you know, this is cold. This isn't brain surgery. So I went home and started researching and I started fooling around with different ice packs and gel packs, etc. And I did one leg because I wanted to like can have, have a comparative. And in five weeks I'd lost an inch and a quarter. Wow. And I was like, I kept measuring and measuring. I thought, oh my God, like this can't, like I've got to be hallucinating. This can't actually be working. And sure enough, it did. And I thought at that point, I was like, what woman on this planet doesn't want to lose? Like, you know, the supermodels must have a 30 second of an inch somewhere they want to lose somewhere. You know, like we're all women. We're all crazy. We're all obsessed mm-hmm. with, you know, this, that, or the Physique, other. Yeah. So basically, um, at that point, I kind of started researching, filed a pattern, started finding manufacturer. I manufactured in Fall River for many years until I went over to China. How um, dare you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a tough choice. Well, no, it's interesting when we have the e-com gods up. I was like, why don't you guys just do this domestically? They're like, dude, China is so cheap. Like, everything is so much cheaper. Something that would cost you $20 to manufacture here costs $3 in China. Wow. You know, and when we, should, we should put that in consideration, man. <laughs> into that margin, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're trying to sell something affordably as possible so you can get it out to everybody, as many people as possible. And, you know, the difference between having to sell, you know, market up that much and um and having limited startup capital too oh yeah i I kind of funded that whole thing for a long time myself and then i actually one of the coolest parts of the whole thing was so there was this i have you guys ever heard of tim ferris of course so i read about people kept telling me there's this guy who's talking about this in this book and so i buy the book and i read it in like a weekend like just you know, sink it down. And this guy called Ray Cronese, who's out of Alabama, and he's a former NASA scientist. And basically, he's the world expert in mild cold stress. So I contacted him on a Friday night at like 9.30 on LinkedIn, and he writes me right back. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. So he ended up becoming kind of one of my advisor's partners in that project and really kind of brought a lot to the table. And we brought in another plastic surgeon to consult and we had drawn up a clinical study. We put it through the FDA. The FDA didn't end up requiring us to do a clinical, but said we could go to market if we kind of kept the claims. Like we can't say we freeze or kill fat cells. We can say kind of shapes, curves, 
you know, helps, etc. But, you know, you can kind of see the science in other companies. Was there anything like this on the market beforehand? Or were you like the first one with one? I was kind of really ahead of the curve with it. So there was a lot of educational process. So there was cool sculpting, which is an incredible product. And it's based right here out of uh, Allergen has it in Cambridge now. But there wasn't any, like there were one or two minor home solutions, but nobody who was trying to scale it like we were. Okay. And then there came in, something came out of China, this other thing that's they've sold a lot of. I bought it. It's just kind of like it doesn't really get that cold. It's not effective. Can you pull it up? Oh, sure. Sorry. You, you feel that, right? Here. Okay. Is. is that better? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How's that sound to you guys? Good? That sound great. Wonderful. Thanks, man. <laughs> that's kind of you. So you you start My Cool Slim. And you're make like it's making money. It's a profitable um, company. It's it's doing okay. It's breaking even. You know, it, it's kind of flowing. But you must be pumped because you're like, I mean, I didn't really think I was just going to start a company and run it, right? Did you always have like entrepreneurial aspirations? I think I did from a really young age. Like I sold Avon when I was like 11. What, what is Avon? Avon is like that makeup. Uh, I don't even know. Oh. It's still out where you, you go around to the houses and you drop off the book and people order things. And I mean, I was really young at the time. So I've always well, kind of worked. So you were hard. hustling. I was hustling at a young age. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. You know what I mean? But you know, you always kind of feel like, how do I get to the next level? How do I get to the next level? So, but when it had first happened, were you like, at first, were you totally balls to the wall with it? You're like, all right, I'm going to start this company. Or were you like, was it as soon as you'd realized the product was kind of effective? You're like, oh my God, this is my moment. This is that billion dollar product. You definitely have that. Like, I, personally, I almost get like a sick to my stomach feeling like for <laughs> days. Like I'm almost like nauseous. Like, oh my God, this is incredible. Um, is that what happened with Velo too? Yeah, it did. I was just like sick for days. I'm like, oh my God, this is a good <laughs> idea. I'm going to be sick, you know. Um, but it basically, it... Um, it took time, you know what I mean? Because I had no background. I had a banking background, so I had a little idea of how finance worked. But I had never built a company before, and there's just so many aspects to it. There, You know what I mean? There's kind of setting it up and the legal piece, and you're dealing with a product that does affect people, so you've got to be careful on that realm of... Liability you, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, liability, et cetera. Then, you know, there's manufacturing, which I find pretty easy, you know what I mean? It's just problem solving. You go, you find the manufacturer, you negotiate the deals, you've got to stay on top of everything to make sure it gets done. The marketing is where I think it gets really tricky nowadays. Is it because the market's so oversaturated or...? Um, I think because it's so broad. Like, we've done a lot of, most of our sales on Facebook, we've probably sold close to a million dollars worth, which isn't a ton over, Already? Say, of of my cool slim oh yeah. my cool slim my cool okay. slim so over this, over like... the years so and and kind of work with people who have one idea and then you try it and it doesn't necessarily acquire the customer at the right price and then you know i've worked with another marketing manager and that's you know you know there's just a lot of trickiness to finding the right channels to get it in and make sure they're profitable well have you tried to hire that out I mean, Michelle is a, kind of a marketing master, right? Yeah, I have. She was telling me before that she was like, "I got some, I got some specific questions. I think you should ask Colleen." Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear this. I was like, "Hey, man, you're on the ball. Let's go." She's great. Um, so yeah, I have. I worked with a marketing manager on that project, who, uh, which wasn't a great call on my part. He was a 65 year old white male from Colorado, who was here trying to sell a woman's kind of fat reduction product and you didn't know how to send an email man he he just you know he had his ideas on how to do things etc and i don't i think nowadays and this is more your generation is like you guys know your age group knows how to get to to 
to sell better. You know, to, to really understand to social media target better. More. Yeah, exactly. You know, they know the social media, they know how to target in, etc. And then you meet with like different people who are experts just in like infomercial, infomercial selling. Facebook and marketing. Face, yeah, exactly. And it's really kind of the algorithm with Facebook's always changing. So you can go have ads that are really successful and then they'll wane off. And then you've got to revamp it and find kind of a new algorithm, etc. So I, I think the toughest part for me was really, and I'm like a salesperson by nature. It you know is really you know tr- trying to figure out the the sales channels with that and how to, how to like we could we sold like three hundred thousand dollars worth last year which is okay but trying to do that profitably is a whole other ball game. Well, couldn't you just like totally pour all your money into experiential marketing if that's kind of your strong suit? Um, in terms of like, I mean, I'm sure the face to face, you close tons of sales with the face to face, right? When you're actually directly in front of your consumer, yes. could you like, I'm not telling you this, what your business should do, but couldn't you just allocate a lot of your marketing budget to all in face to face marketing, like events, um, expos? Yeah, we haven't really tried that. It, it's been more with the kind of the Facebook infomercial piece. I'm just saying, I'd so buy from you right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll send you one. Okay. Give me your address. <laughs> let's, let's they do ship it. out of California. Well, my so. mom will definitely use one. <laughs> your guys' mom would. Yeah, have my you. mom probably would too. They'd be interested. Every there we go. Sounds like something every middle-aged woman would probably be. Want to be a little in, like bit hotter. Said, yeah. There you go. But what well, on your point? I think nowadays, like it's hard to get those face-to-face interactions people are getting out less they're more on that internet and in the age of data this might be the best way to go yeah i totally agree with you i just like love i like like for instance i love selling all these tickets online to this event because it's dope and it's fast and it's quick but like there's nothing like closing a sale in person Mm -hmm. and like especially if you believe in your product and you go up to someone be like hey listen man like you're this is gonna help you a lot and then they buy it. You're like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah, you sold the, stuff. The, the energy behind that is fantastic. And you walk away feeling like, like it's a rush. Like, you're pumped. Yeah, it really. It, it's like for me, the entrepreneurial stuff is like nothing makes me feel more alive. Than, than, do, than, than doing the sales, the right? Yeah, than doing the sales and meeting the people. And, and, and when you do it with vodka, for instance, when like I have to go out and talk to the owner of a restaurant or a bar or something, you know, or a beverage manager, like that is just, it's so much fun. It's, it's a rush, it's, it's right? Just, it's totally awesome. It, it, you know, and you get that interaction. And plus it's like the hospitality business. So everybody's friendly and excited, you know. Oh, everyone, free and, booze. Everyone's oh, yeah. pumped. I know. You, everyone's you, your best friend, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you get a lot of best friends fast, uh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when you have a podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. Does everybody want to be in your podcast? Oh, I, I think a lot of people want to be interviewed. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. Everybody likes the... Uh, Everyone likes to talk about themselves. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it, though. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, no. We can, I could get you a few good people. Whoa. So, so the belt is done. And then you were kind of explaining before you got here how you the inception of the idea for Velo. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah. And so this whole time when you're running Michael Slim, you're in the day, you're going to the bank. Yes, I'm, I'm working in banking full time. But you're um, thinking about your product nonstop, right? Yes, and I have like a whole bunch of ideas. Like this <laughs> is this is like, there's five or six after this one. What do you want to get done right after this? Um... I've got a few ideas, but they're not they're not trademarked yet. So. Okay, All right. don't tell anybody. <laughs> I can't tell anybody what they are, but I've got some people working on them, so that's kind of fun. Um, I'll so tell you one thing I thought of. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah, Jack. No, I today don't. I was thinking, like, dude, can we get Derek on a Band Aid? Yeah, of course. Like, can we do some sort of partnership with Band Aid? Like, our deer would look perfect on a Band Aid. Yeah. 
Like you've seen Mickey Mouse on a Band-Aid. Why not Derek? <laughs> and you could design it. We, let's make it happen. And let me just go schmooze whoever's in the front office. But come on, man. We're hardworking. Let's get it done. I like it. All you right, could, my guy. You could totally just go online and order Band-Aids with your logo. You can, they can logo everything. You should that give out all like the fun. free deer <laughs> tattoos. Can that t- would be fun. Well, since this will release after the event, can I tell you something crazy about what's going on at the event? Are, are you doing that? Not that, but <laughs> we do have an artisan barber coming. Ooh. He's giving out free haircuts. Oh, that's really cool. I love it. But I'm wondering, how do we make this like co-ed? Because hmm. you can't really, right? <laughs> Isn't it like just for dudes? I mean. Unless a girl wants a buzz cut, right? Well, yeah, I don't know. You might I be did. able to do those like uh, little like designs in the back of the head. Some girls like to have like the little back of their... <laughs> like, Behind their long hair, have it shaved. Oh yeah, that looks cool. You should do a deer. Can they do a deer into like on the side of my yeah, head? Yeah, yeah. Totally, well, <laughs> you should do it. totally. Would it make my hairline look better? <laughs> Probably. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So again, how does Velo start? So Velo started at um, as I mentioned. So my I have two kids. They're in their twenties. And my older daughter is like the concierge of finding the best places to eat. So on a Sunday, they're like, can we go to brunch at this place? She's a foodie. A total foodie. Great taste. Best concierge you'd ever have in the house. And um, so she finds this place, Bootleg, in the south end, which is kind of, I think it's in the corner of like Harrison and Mass Ave or something. Okay. And we go, and the menu's really cool, and everything's good. And it's kind of like a place you walk in. It must, it looks like it was an old bank. Like, you walk in, and then you step down, like, eight steps, and there's just, like, big restaurant in front of you. So we go. We order our food. The waitress is, like, disappears. Nowhere to be found. The whole meal. And I'm like, can we have some ketchup? Can I get some more? Like, I literally went up to the bar and took the water pitcher off the bar to brought it back to the table because we had no drinks. And you're like, you're getting Which no like, tip. Yeah, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I... But there's a good ending to the story. So, um, and I grabbed another waiter to help us with something. So, I mean, she's like literally MIA for like 30 minutes. And I'm, I'm getting more aggravated and more aggravated. So finally, she, I, we see her roll in the front door. And she's got this big thing of Pedialyte and this huge thing of ginger ale. And I'm like, oh, she's hung over. <laughs> and I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, she's hung over. And I'm like, why aren't they just putting the damn Pedialyte in the alcohol? Like, why is like why is this even happening? It was just like this common sense moment of why does vodka dehydrate you so badly? You know, yeah. Well, all alcohol does, absolutely. Especially if you're not drinking with it, and if you're not paying attention while you're out drinking, that you know, if you're not hydrating while you're drinking or kind of working on that whole thing, you know. I mean, how have I'm sure we've all been hungover. Never. You know, you try being hungover when you're really your kids are really little and they're like jumping on the bed. Oh. You're like, it's not feeling so good. Um, so basically, this I, I said that to them, and the three of us looked at each other like, Yeah, why? Like, what a great idea. Now, you can't go putting Pedialyte in vodka because Pedialyte's a branded, trademarked product. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I found a distiller in South Boston. Kind of started researching, love researching. Found a distiller, Matt, in, at Grand Ten in Boston, who I think you guys know, who's mm-hmm. phenomenal, ph- phenomenal, like, chemist, formulator, distiller. And basically said, okay, I want to, you know, create a vodka that tastes fantastic, A, but B, has, has some minerals built into it with mineral water. And basically we went through about three rounds of tasting, 
you know, trying to come up with this formulation and, and really kind of adding, we own the formulation and, you know, adding minerals to the vodka. So basically, you know, making you feel more refreshed, mm-hmm. you know, kind of if you're, you know, minerals hydrate. The age old question, at least when I was uh, starting out drinking and like got more and more hung over as the <laughs> day- years went on was why don't they have a solution to this brutal hangover and this could be it um i can't say that yeah. <laughs> you're a hangover by any means you know but, there's yeah. a lot of laws around this yeah. and, and we you can't make any health claims as a alcoholic beverage i mean alcohol is alcohol it's not exactly good for you yeah. however we're you know we consume 12.6 billion dollars worth of it yeah. every year um so why not do it in a healthy manner you know well why not just feel better do you know what I mean? Like yep. why, what you don't have to feel as bad, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, like, you know, getting up in the morning and having to go work at a bank, you know, I've got to, I, I don't want to feel crappy, yeah. you know? And you want to go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I just want to go out and have a few drinks. I don't mm-hmm. want to go out and drink half a bottle or, or that. But, you know, the, the older you get, guys, <laughs> the, 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 the more you feel it. Trust yeah. me. That's, you know? that's what my cousin, my cousin 38 was saying recently. He was like, dude, I just can't bounce back the way I once used to. Why is that? Is there something scientific about that? Or you just don't have the same fervor? Yeah. I just probably the cells in your body are aging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like your body's just, you know, 38 years older than it was 18 years before when you were 20. And, you know, even like, even like, cuts healing for instance you know what i mean like things don't yeah. heal as well when you're 50 as they do when you're 20 or as quickly or you know you're you go out and play say you guys went out and play basketball really hard in your 20s and you just get up the next morning and go but if you went out and really hammered it at, in your 40s or 50s you might wake up the next morning like oh a little stiff I'm yeah. this. we don't know what that's like yet no, no, <laughs> i'm scared like, for it babies <laughs> well no what's interesting is a lot of people when i was growing up 50 like 45 seems so old but now it seems like people aren't even hitting the pinnacle of their career at 45 that's like a cultural shift recently right i I totally agree when i was a kid 50 seems so old you know my mother seemed old when she was like in her 30s and 40s (laughs) and now you know what i mean it just i i don't know i think there's just so much more health and wellness awareness you know, we eat. People are so much more careful about their diet. We eat better. We go to the gym. People aren't smoking like they used to, you know, et cetera. So I think, you know, wellness is just such an up, you know, a trend that's starting to tick up more so. And, you know, it just keeps on going. And then as science advances, I mean, there's so much cool stuff in the scientific community around here that comes out of MIT and Harvard, et cetera. Like one of the coolest things, and I can't necessarily explain this really well, but. You could look it up, but MIT is now programming information into water molecules. Does that work with your... Don't scare me. I, I'm not saying anything about vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, you know, the, you know, like we're kind of like moving towards, I think, this kind of a greater awareness of like quantum physics and how it kind of all works. And, you know, especially here with these two colleges, it's it's just like so much. And then all the pharmaceutical companies are here. You know, most of them are really kind of based out of here where they've moved headquarters for research here. Is Pfizer out of this area? I, I'm pretty sure they have a presence here. Shire think, is too? Yep, Novartis. Vertex. Uh, yep, Alchemies is one of them. You know, there, there's so much cutting-edge science that goes on just, you know, with these, these pharma, pharma stuff and then like, 
related to the colleges. Was so. it was that a benefit to you in starting Velo because you had the scientists like right here? Um, we really didn't use. I'd say it's more as the science around here is more of an inspiration overall. Um, we didn't need a scientist to do this. We had our, our distiller do the formulation. We'll, we'll eventually kind of come up with some new products and kind of, you know, doing different things with, you know, adding to, et cetera, you know, between flavors and maybe what's in the bottle, et cetera. So, you know, eventually for right now, you we, don't have we just to kind of have this. Well, it's always fun. Yeah. Know? I mean, why not just make everything better if you can? <laughs> exactly. Well, question so i had it written down but my phone died can what is the science behind like what's the time between velo and vibrations and how does it affect the product so basically on the bottle you can see here we i used this woman who's one of like the top world experts and it says frequency coded and there's there's a number here and then there the number continues on the back of the bottle so basically and um what kind of like you'd hit a note in a piano and there would be a vibration you know there's sound waves traveling through uh, you, you know frequency etc so basically the code we created this frequency code and each number has kind of a, a frequency vibration to it and the wavelength yep so it, it's got an energy to it essentially so the code's been created based upon you know, infusing it with positive energy. So, so when you're distilling the vodka, are they actually manipulating the frequency code? No, not at all. The, the code is kind of on the label and, you know, on the bottle. How do they measure so, the code? Um, <laughs> they don't, I don't, wouldn't say they measure the code. Okay. But you know what I could do? I could totally get her on a podcast for you. That yeah. would be really interesting. She's probably way, way smarter than I am. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually was chatting her this afternoon telling her I was going to be on a podcast. She's like, anytime you want me to come on, I'd love to. So she's super industry and she does a lot of healing and energy work, et cetera. So like, I think if you, you asked Elon Musk what a frequency code is, he'd be like, yeah. Or Tony Robbins, like these people really get it. So this is kind of, it's very cutting edge in California. They, they really kind of into it. Here in Boston, people kind of look at you first like, Huh? You're a pioneer. What are you talking about? And then you explain it to them and they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then they're like, will this get me drunk? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> no, all right, we'll buy it. We don't want to get anybody drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you want just pe getting people buzzed, right? Just want people to enjoy the vodka. So, yeah, so. Responsibly. <laughs> Does that make you nervous as an owner sometimes because you're selling a product that can get people totally smacked? Um, I would never want anyone to get totally smacked. I, just, it does happen. I'll tell you something super personal. I, when I was a freshman in college, my father was hit by a drunk driver. Oh, I'm sorry. He died the middle of my sophomore year of college, kind of related to the drunk driving. So I am like, of all people, it was funny, somebody was giving me a little lecture the other day on over-serving, and I'm like, I am the last person that wants to over-serve anybody. You know, I just totally... You, you know what I mean? Like I, people drink to get drunk. There's no question about it. You know, we're kind of putting out a product. It's up to them. You know, some people will have one drink. Some people might have five drinks. But um, yeah, it does definitely makes me nervous. Like I would not want to be on the side of overserving someone by any means, especially if it affected them or somebody, you know, from there. A product like this too, you feel, at least from an outsider looking in, somebody that's going out and getting Velo Vodka is probably cognizant of the fact that it's not going to, it's healthier for you. So 
They're making a conscious, healthy yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah you're kind right. Of, they're they're probably not the people that are going out and drinking thirty beers or or house in Rubinoff. Yeah, exactly. It's a different yeah. target market. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a different target market. Yeah. Our, our kind of our price point will end up being about twenty four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So we're we're definitely not at the bottom of the barrel. We're looking for to sell a super premium vodka that tastes good. So far, what, up what against is, what's Tito's. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a premium. Yeah. You know, Tito's is a brilliant company. They've done a Their marketing was so smart. They, they they did a brilliant job. Do you know how long they've been in business for? No idea, but I do know they just built in Austin and then they grew nationally, mm-hmm. which was like genius. So take a guess. <laughs> Four years. 20. Wow. So that's kind of the neat part is that everybody thinks these things happen overnight, but you mm. know what I mean? 20 years later, yeah. you know, but, but great company, great product you know etc this is this is a little bit of a different taste profile and um you know we're kind of looking kind of more for kind of the the kind i'd like to say like we're kind of like i feel like the people that drink us are kind of like the smart sexy like to party (laughs) but like work out healthy etc like i know we talked about this on the phone a little bit like your target market is millennials well, anyone who will buy it, right? Sure. But I think primarily millennials are kind of more into this kind of healthy, health, healthy, well, like healthy wellness lifestyle. Okay. This is going to sound really dumb. You guys, brace yourself. Okay. But how is vodka made? Like how is, I don't understand the, the distillery process. Uh-huh. So basically this is a corn base. And I've I've not really sat through the whole distilling process. You know, usually our, our distiller, you know, brings in the product. He processes it through the there, – there's the big, huge vats. You guys should go over and see him sometime. That would make for a great episode. Um, and, and it's a great distillery. It's really cool. Um, but, you know, they, they process it through, and then I think they get the, the ethyl, which is the pure alcohol, and then they cut it from there. So what, they put a bunch of, like, corn in a grinder? Uh, yeah, kind of, I think it ferments. They put it in these massive vats. They're probably like look like a silo feet, kind, yeah, of. kind of. They've got many of them. Some are copper. Some are you know different things do different things, and it it has to stay for however long, and then you know it, it ferments, and that's what kind of where they're getting the distill distillation process from. But I'm not an expert in that by any means. So how does he manipulate the taste, and where does the mineral water come in? So the mineral water comes in the second half when they go to cut it. So if you had a hundred proof, for instance. Um, so let me back up. So this is 80 proof. So it's like 40% alcohol and 40% water. That's kind of how, how it goes. So if you just poured pure alcohol into a bottle, uh, you know, I don't know what the, if that would be 200 proof or it would, I think it's more than a hundred proof. What is, um, absinthe? That okay. absence that, that, like they get you smacked like people drink it and they go blind like moonshine oh yeah i think it's like 160 proof so you can be more than 100 proof yes you can't be more than 100 percent, obviously but like i think two it's probably 200 proof is the highest but i'm not sure 200 proof is probably like pure yeah alcohol no good night go water oh my god i can't even imagine i'd probably (laughs) smell it and be done for the evening you know it's like rubbing alcohol right jet fuel (laughs) <laughs> Jet fuel. You're done for days. So, so f- let's get the math right here. Not a big math guy. So, forty percent of this is water. So, it, it's it's called eighty proof. Okay. And again, I'm not the distiller. And it's fifty percent alcohol, fifty percent water. And so, what is the proof? 
80. And what is proof? It's just the measurement of alcohol. That's how they measure it. Okay. I get it now. See, Mike, you get it? Yeah. I. Can you explain it to me then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, proof is just double the percentage. And it's so any percentage that you have, the proof is going to be double that. But like an alcohol expert knows it as proof. But I don't think it's much to know for us. Right. Like it, I, it would almost make sense if it was 50 proof because yeah. it's half alcohol, half water. Yeah. You know, we actually had this initially up at 85 proof because we were kind of trying to find something different. Super smooth. But some of the people in the business told us to dial it back because people would be it would hit them too hard. Mm-hmm. You know? I just remember freshman year. Kids would be like, dude, we just got some new shit. 100 proof. It's 100 proof. Yeah. And I'd be like, dude, I feel terrible after drinking this stuff. <laughs> Wait, so is this 50%? This is 40% alcohol, correct? So this is 80. It's an 80 proof, yeah. which would be 40. I, I'm pretty sure, though, it's 50 50. Yeah. Hmm. Dude, the math is over my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm I, well, not it's, sure it, I don't think it makes sense either. Yeah. You know, it's 80 proof, but because it's balanced 40 40. So, question Why start an alcohol company? I understand you have the inception of the idea. Is there a benefit to starting in the Boston startup ecosystem? Well, I think for us as the team, so we have this incredible team of people, which I kind of started to mention before. So we have Alex Stern, who is one of the co-founders, Constant Contact. He's one of our advisors. Uh, Brian Smith, who did UGG. He's the founder of UGG. He's another one. And then we've had other people on the team who are like incredibly connected in Boston. Um, We have a movie producer who's on the team, um, who's done a lot of stuff locally. We is have it an- Chris Meyer? Yes, Chris Meyer's on our team. So. Is he actually? Yeah. Did you know he's been on the podcast? Oh, no, really? Yeah, that's my he? guy. Oh, yeah. I love Chris Meyer. He's he would be associated with the booze coming. That guy's, <laughs> wi- that guy's wild. Oh, he is, he is the nicest guy. He's, he's a great dude. totally awesome. He helped us out a lot when we went out to LA. He was oh, like, these really? are all these restaurants you got to go to. Uh, yeah, he is like connected and he just like knows everybody and everything. And it's he, a free spirit. He, he came here, he like gave us toy trucks and stuff. The guy was the man. Oh, he's, he, he, I, I have like, I am blown away on days when I'm like, I can't believe how I got these people together it's just like the greatest thing ever i know i've seen like movie producer in boston there can't be that many right <laughs> <laughs> so then there's this other gentleman david wedge who can i tell you something crazy he's been on the podcast too no way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but he goes by dave, dave wedge. yes i call him david but dave wedge and he's another one who's just extraordinary you know and he's got a new book coming out um about whitey bulger I think in May the launch is coming out, so that will be exciting. So he's got the you know great Boston connections. Then we have another gentleman um, who's you know who's been helping us out. Who's like in a, like he's just the connector. He knows everybody in Boston, and we have some other people. Can on the you give me his name? He might have been <laughs> no, on gonna, here too. Gonna, yeah, I, okay. can, I can I can get him on your show, but okay, cool. I'll, I'll let him tell you. But so you know it's and then Michelle Mitch uh, Kimball, sorry Michelle Kimball, who's who is our our CMO, who's incredible. So all of us. Here here felt that you know all our connections are here we're based here the distilleries here you know the restaurant connections etc so we really felt like launching in boston i mean boston's like a hip cool like awesome city incredible city and it's got kind of science and it's like got the edge and millennials are moving here in droves i think that number is way up so we just felt like i wouldn't know anyone in new york city yet you know, it would take time to, mm-hmm. to kind of get there. But here in our hometown is like to have a, you know, to create a vodka right in South Boston. And 
you know, market it and launch here. We're, we're like psyched to do it. You grew up here? I grew up in the South Shore, yes. Cool. So when you say we're well-connected, you mean like with specific restaurants and retail locations? Yeah, just kind of like restaurant connections, you know, connections just through friends, people knowing each other, you know, in the club scene as well as in the restaurants and the liquor stores. You know, we're, we're all kind of based here and where we are have a bigger team. You know, that's really where the benefits come from is different people knowing different things, you know, different yeah. people in the industry. So, and, you know, I've been out and talked to probably a hundred different venues already. And you've been and, selling like a maniac. Yeah. Let's ready, go. ready to sell, ready to okay, sell. Ready to I sell. can't wait. It's killing me every day. And, um, you know, they're just excited. You know, the restaurant people are like, yeah, we want to put something on the shelf that's from our hometown that we're proud of. So, yeah. Questions? Anyone? Jack? Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I'm afraid if you have already uh, answered it while I was gone, but what's the, what's the background behind the name? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were trying to come up with a name and, you know, you go through these lists and lists. That's kind of the fun part of these projects too, is like the naming of that, you know, usually writing up a list of like a hundred different options. And we were looking for something scientific based. So we were coming up with like quantum frequency, velocity, you know, et cetera. So we had this long list of kind of scientifically names because we wanted to do kind of like a scientifically oriented vodka. And basically we kind of, we did a focus group of millennials, about 20 people, and we had kind of landed on velocity, you know, and I, and I like that and like the concept of velocity and things taking off and movement and all that good stuff. And we, we asked the focus group and we kind of said, well, what do you, what are you ordering when it's like 1230 at night and you've had a couple of drinks? Hmm. And they were like Tito's and soda. And we're like, why? And they're like, because we can say it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, okay, maybe we better make this two syllables. So that's where Velo came from. I like it. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, you know, Velo, Velo Vodka. You know, we looked at a lot of other names too, which was like V, v Vodka, which would have been kind of fun. Or, um, but that's taken. So, you know, there are a ton of boozes out there with yeah. all these all these different names so it's interesting trying to name something and co- trying to feel like you're coming up with the right thing but yeah so going hey back, Bix, by the way great question yeah. c-mac ready for it going back to like your professional work and uh kind of balancing the first entrepreneurial um position and now this and you're not st- still working at the bank are you or um she is yeah wow <laughs> so well, that, do they that know about this um yeah. uh, they're different names okay I use different yeah. names so but you know most of my day is spent in banking the mm-hmm. you know the evenings are spent you know out doing vodka stuff and i do have a huge team of people so you know i'm lucky that i you know i i kind of focus on more of the ceo stuff and you know, trying to move Operations. it forward that way. There's a lot of people that do, you know, the other stuff for us, which is great. So. I get it. Well, so C-Mac, for instance, he works in accounting, and I think he's eager to have his own entrepreneurial startup at some point. So, yeah, and I'm sure some of the listeners, too, they work full-time jobs. So, like, how do you – what's the best way or do you have any advice about balancing a full-time job while also trying to build something that you're passionate about? Because for me, I – like working these guys and I like doing podcasts, but the full-time job that tends to get in the way a little bit. Sure. Or <laughs> I think, you know, the, the thing is, I think you always need to 
like you you need to do the full-time job until you you can't it's costing you money on your other project you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like when the full-time job is getting in the way of you making you know you're often making money on your project and it's taken away from that and you can afford to pay yourself on the project that's when you know you make that move it's really interesting um brian smith who's on the team wrote this book called the birth of a brand and you know he really talks about how you have to work that full-time you know what i mean you have to have your bills paid you have to have a base because you know people jump into these things and then you realize you can't pay your bills and and then you're really kind of going down a bad rabbit hole because you're not going to be able to do you know now you're broke you have no income and the project's not giving you income it's some, something it's going to give mm-hmm. so, have you noticed that there's a benefit to having your back against the wall though i have in certain situations again i'm not super successful so i can't say i am but like if, podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i've noticed if it's like a high pressure situation i actually end up performing much better than i would if it wasn't mm-hmm yeah, I think I think definitely there is. And when you get investors in, that's what they want. They want you in like crunch, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to, it's kind of do or die. And I think for me, these projects are, are definitely obsession. You know what I mean? They just become like tunnel visioned obsession that you're like, I've got to get this done. And, you know, you kind of like, you go through this phase like, oh, wow, this is great. I can, I can get really rich, et cetera, et cetera. But when push comes to shove, finally, uh, for me personally, I'm like, I need to accomplish this. Like, I need to see the bottle, our team's bottle on the shelf. I need to see, you know, however many cases. I want to be in Times Square and see that billboard. I think that's incredibly rewarding. You know, the money piece is great for, for anybody. But it's seen it through. To kind of seeing it through, seeing, you know, that you can, you can see it through. It's an accomplishment. Most people in the life won't be able to do it you know we'll never do anything and and you know you have to have a high tolerance for risk you know you gotta love it you, you do and it's very so i can tell you as soon as i met you i was like yeah colleen's got a motor you can tell <laughs> well you can tell when certain people are kind of nuts <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but wouldn't you rather be obsessed than like just be normal oh i'm so bored i would be totally too bored. i mean there's times when i have this project my other project and i'm like and I'm working my job, and I'm like kind of bored. <laughs> you know, like well, I hate dead time, don't you? Yeah, I kind of I need uh, I, I need or my brain's going about some other project. You know, like kind of like oh, we could do this, or I'm like maybe I should take up guitar. How, know, do, like, how do you manage your time right now? Are, um, are you work? Are you 16 hours a day for the most part? Probably. I, you know, it, it's kind of it goes all the time. Like sometimes with the vodka, it's more evening work. So I can be out late, you know, like maybe at five or six, I'm going out to do an event or go see some people in the industry to, to kind of, you know, we're, we're ready to go networking or, or kind of like, here's here, try the vodka, see what you think, or, you know, you can order in a few weeks, etc. And then, you know, the day starts at like, I'd say six, seven, you know, off, off on the, the regular job. And, and, and I've that's been, still at four. Five. Yeah, four or five. It's kind of flexible, you know. You know, we're kind of like in a commission-based situation, 
So you really can kind of do as, you know, work as hard as you want, et cetera. It, it, it's so easy. I've been doing it for 17 years. So it's kind you have of a like, pipeline of clients, I'm sure. Yeah, that's built up over the years, like in any industry. So it just gets easier and easier as you go along. Yeah, so to answer your question, C-Mac, which what Colleen I'm essentially saying is like she already has a bag coming in. So like her job is convenient now more than anything to help build the other. Am I, am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like if I was going to go change careers and have to start working for a new yeah. new industry, new company, and really dedicating like 10 hours a day to that. Mm-hmm. But for years and years, when my kids were really little, I worked like 10 to like probably at least 10 hours a day in mortgages and you know like I'd work all day in the office and I'd go home and I'd be sitting at my computer at night emailing people talking to clients putting in loans etc so you know it's 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 just a matter of like kind of what balance it is you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but did you and your husband divorce Yes, I, my, I was my kid, I was divorced when my kids were one and three. So, so my really mom and, and my father divorced when she had three young kids too. Oh my goodness! And and she turned kind of like you into total overdrive mode, and so she was like it changed me forever because she had three kids underneath the age of five, and she just became like a total competitive animal. Uh-huh. Did that kind of happen with you too? It, it definitely. I didn't get any child support alimony. So it was kind of like, here's a one and three year old and go figure it all out. And it was really like the rug being pulled out under me. But I had always worked from the time, like I said, I was 11 and I always grew up like in a, like a very working class Irish upbringing. So it was like, I worked five days a week in high school in the church rectory, you know, serving dinner working. and like I'd always, always worked. And, and, you know, and when it happened, I really, it took me several years to really stop being angry about it. And, but then as time goes on, you realize like you're so much, you have like skill sets, you have abilities, you have accomplishments, you can, you Because you made it work. You, yeah, you totally did. So someday I kind of tease that someday I hope to win some great award <laughs> and I can get up there and I'm like, I'd like to thank my ex-husband for being oh, yeah. such a jerk. <laughs> I'd, F that guy. I, I, I'd never be here without him being, you know, like without putting, kind of getting into this position. Well, see, that's so, what I was talking about, like having your back against the wall. That was kind of your moment. Yeah. It was my, my mom's moment too. It's the uh, same way. So what did she end up doing? She's be, she's now like a kind of a pop in financial planner. Oh, cool! And I honestly, her work is way over my head, <laughs> but I do know she's very successful in what mm-hmm. she does. And you should be—I bet you're really proud of her. In adulthood, I've appreciated her way more because I'm like, damn, she had to do everything. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about my kids. If they've gotten older, they they start to kind of really realize they're like. Wow, you know, like my daughter, I got a rock star mom. She could give me a really hard time. It's funny. We we drive each other crazy, but she's like, my mom's the boss. <laughs> you know, so it's always nice to hear it when she says that. You have know? you noticed your kids have certain work ethic too now? Um, I think they're kind of really they kind of get the creative business mind, which is neat. So they can kind of see more opportunities. Um, my son had this great idea recently for an exercise. Um, kind of like an exercise class. He wants to be a Navy SEAL someday. And he's like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could take classes from Navy SEALs or or (laughs) former Rangers. Or like, imagine going to the gym and you could go to sign up for the Ranger class tonight. I mean, like, how badass would that be? So, you know, kind of getting them thinking, getting them kind of creative, you know, thinking about doing something different. Like, you don't have to go down this traditional path. Oh, so you didn't stress college on them? No, no, they're, um, he, he's taking a semester off, so he's in college as an engineering major, and she works um, with some realtors at the moment and is getting a realtor license. So de- definitely, I think college is incredibly important. I did college. Where did um, you go? 
Um, I went to St. Anselm's St. A's. for a few years. And then. And let me guess. Let me guess. You're from the South Shore. You're Irish Catholic. <laughs> Watch this. I swear to God I'll get this right. And if I don't, I will give every... I'll take a shot of the Velo okay. right now. You definitely took classes at UMass Boston. Oh, my God. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I go bullshit. You went to UMass Boston, right? That's where I graduated from. I said LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. No, because every <laughs> single you a shot anyway. Yeah. So every single person in my fa- I will take a shot. <laughs> but 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 every single person in my family has taken a class at um, UMass Boston. Yes. Let's try it. There you go. Will I, I be able to drive out of here? Oh yeah, just one. Yeah. yeah it's mineral water. Can you give me a little cup, Jack? Is that okay? I can. It makes for a little bond tent. So listen. That's so funny. You guys will be drinking this at GDP Hustle. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And you've got, you like sold out, right? We're good to go. That's so Beyond cool. sold out. That's, that's a week from tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow. A week from, oh. Yeah, it's, it's Friday. Oh, it's, it's Friday night. It's Friday night. Yeah. Okay. You'll be here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally going to be here. We're going to bring you guys, we have the coolest, like we have these really cool, fun light up ice cubes. Oh. So anybody who gets a Velo drink, we'll throw some ice cubes in there and we, the whole hey, place will be lit, lit up blinking. That's awesome. I'll do it. Which, which will be fun. Definitely. Okay. I'm just doing a little, do okay. you want one? I'm good. <laughs> you make me drink I'm alone? Good. I'm good. Well, Maybe one of the guys. <laughs> Velo. It tastes like. Jello. <laughs> we gotta do we gotta do velo jello shots. Yeah. <laughs> Went down mad smooth. It is. And I'm drunk. <laughs> There's no burn. There no, was like literally really no throat smooth. burn. Wow. That was great. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. It's, we'll it's... cut you up a clip for a little promo. Oh, I love it. That would be we would totally appreciate that. So. <laughs> he's just Jack's just waiting for me to get drunk. <laughs> Does it take much? Is he just like a no. cheap one shot? And he... I'm a huge lightweight. Really? That was great, though. Thank you. So how many times did you test it out? A gazillion. A lot. I'm we sure. had a lot of tastings to go through, and, and um, you know, our our house has been very popular with <laughs> 21 pluses coming over and, and trying the vodka, and you know, my, all my daughter's friends, you know, they'll all pregame at our house. So what? For you, because you're kind of like a type A, kind of like me, like you want to go get stuff done. Like, totally. what do you want? Where do you want Velo to be in in six months? Like in your mind, like in six months, what's six months, July? That's where I'll be. That's what will be going on. Um, so we'd love to, you know, we're kind of shooting, you know, to sell 10,000 cases this year would be amazing. Um so basically, you know, we'll launch in Boston and then we're looking at some other markets in terms of probably New York, Florida, California. Those would be our next picks. Um, we've we've had conversations with some crazy um, people in the music industry where it's something where we might do something joint with them. Sponsor a tour, maybe. Sponsor a tour. Um, we've been, you know, there's just all sorts of kind of connections and places we can go. Uh, the first key has been getting this distributor nailed down because now we can just be out in Boston. And then once we're out in Boston and we're like, okay, we're in 300 restaurants, it's going to be much easier to go to New York City and California or any place and be like, look, this is flying off the shelves here. You folks, you know, you folks want to have this. How do you cut through in such an oversaturated market? I this question for the a protein bar company we had up here too. Sure. And I can imagine that's a really tough. Well, I think you need, you know, you need differentiators for sure. You need a high quality product, which we have. The, you I know, attest. The, it was great. <laughs> Do you guys want, you want to try a little bit? 
Uh, just take a little shot. All right, yeah, I'll take some too. <laughs> hey, can I? You mind yeah, if I pour no, some? Yeah, no, go right ahead. <laughs> we should have done this at the start. So you guys we got loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a, a bottle plus. I sorry, I would have grabbed a third one, but. Nah, good. Good. Yeah. Well. What did, what's uh? What are you and Michelle bringing? Two cases. Um, we'll bring enough for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, come February first, uh, is it? Yes, February. What What is the uh, like the big content run or like marketing in order to like for the whether it's the bars or? So basically, we're kind of the game plan is to wrap social media around the venues we're in. Okay. And really, kind of work those, you know, do parties based upon kind of the venues that we're in. Okay. Um, you know, in terms of that, and. You know, I think it's just going to be out there promoting, having people try it, you know, kind of creating the buzz. I think we've we've created a great buzz about it. One of the companies we're working with, we wanted to get work with this specific distributor and <laughs> we're finalizing that. But it turns out the vice president's daughter was at a party we did. Okay. And she went home and she's like, Dad, have you heard about Velo? Like, are you guys going to have that? You know, so it was neat. We were in there already talking to them. And then it, we were coming in from different angles and different people in the company are like, what's this? What's this new vodka coming out? So, And you were like, it's Velo. It tastes like Jell-O. <laughs> C-Mac <laughs> housed it. better than What do you Jell-O? think? It is very smooth. There is no bite. There was no bite. Yeah. That was impressive. wild, man. I was pumped. Yeah. Jack, give it a try. You're going to be pumped. We hate the throat burn. Oh, it's the worst. Wow. Dude. <laughs> Yo, you got me hooked. <laughs> wow. Are there people that enjoy the taste of vodka? I know most people don't, but are there people that you are missing by... I mean, I I guess there is still the vodka taste to it, but do you think you're missing... Some a, people want that harsh, nasty shit, <laughs> is what you're saying. See, I'm asking if there are, because I don't really I, know. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who wants the burn? Yeah. I mean, aren't there other alcohols you can drink that yeah, give you that I'm burn? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, whiskey is the one where you can kind of drink. And I'm I'm a fan of whiskey, and I like drinking it, like, on the rocks, but I don't think vodka's really that type, so I yeah. guess it's not something you're missing out on. A lot of people do drink vodka on the rocks. Vodka's yeah. the most consumed spirit. Okay. Like, I think, like, probably, like, 30%, 40% more than any other spirit. Yeah. Like pe- most people drink vodka. That's kind of where we started with this w- was because it is the most popular uh, spirit that's drank. And where do the spirits stand in terms of beer, wine, spirits? Is it, It's like, is it right down the middle? I, pretty much. I think yeah. it might be 40, 60. You yeah. know, a lot's changing like with the millennial market and, you know, the, the last few years, like the data trails. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're really looking at, um, vodka alone is like a twelve billion dollar market. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I have seen that beer has slow, is starting to kind of slowly the whole health growth thing. and yeah. spirits is becoming more popular. People exactly. want to be healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're even seeing this movement. I was read an article in the Globe and just after the first of the year about like now there's all these like mocktails coming out and non-alcoholic or like the the seltzers. <laughs> so Peggy with, was just talking yeah. about with the less less alcohol consumption. Yep. You know what I mean? You have a lot more people doing like sober. October, dry January, kind of. So it is kind of going that way, and I think the health. But that is Peggy was. If you want to, there is yeah. There's a the woman who owns the space. Peggy was just saying that she wants to organize like a a dry event Mm -hmm. because it's like some sort of it's like trendy. Yeah. Quick quick question on a a health tip. So one shot is how many calories? Um, it should be around thirty-five to forty, I think. 
damn, that is nothing. <laughs>